Welcome back to the Locked On Marlins podcast. Man, yesterday was a lot of fun. The MLB draft day two, which might have strangely been more fun than the first round the day before. And I mean, how long have we been waiting for something to happen in the baseball world? We're still on our hands and knees begging for a season this year and hoping that these owners and players can come to an agreement. But all of that was gone for a moment, right? We returned to a little bit of normalcy with this draft, had some stuff to look forward to. And once again, the Marlins think outside of the box, have a very creative draft that I am just amped to talk about because there are a lot of connections to me from some of the players that have been selected and also just a lot of information that I already had on these guys. So it worked out really well for me selfishly. But overall for the Marlins, It was a great draft in terms of ceiling, and I got a chance to talk to DJ Sevillic earlier today as part of the Zoom press conference post-draft. Got to ask him a couple questions. He had a lot of good info as always, and I mean, wow, that was a really fun two days. I don't think I've ever sat through an entire five rounds like that, but uh, you know, I actually enjoyed it. I really did. And being that I probably knew more players than ever from the Cape and, you know, seeing where those guys would go, a lot of guys that are really talented that did not go drafted, especially on the offensive side of things, which makes the Marlins strategy of selecting six pitchers even more understandable and pretty smart, to be honest. And I'll get into what DJ said about that. But before I get into the podcast, this specific post-draft podcast is brought to you by rockauto.com. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, and all the parts your car will ever need. So getting into this right now, of course, first pick who I'm going to spend most of this episode on is Max Meyer. There's going to be a two-parter, as always, where I will get into Kyle Nicholas, I will get into Dax Fulton, and Zach McCambly, because especially the two college guys I have really seen a lot of, and I can't express how excited I was to see both of those guys taken, and just the ceilings that these guys have, and the big arms, especially Kyle Nicholas, uh, that's going to be a lot of fun to talk about. But let's start with Max Meyer, speaking of big arms. Look, we were all surprised by this pick. I had heard some rumblings of Max Meyer, and you know, you hear things here and there, and I really didn't buy into it. I figured, how do you pass on Asa Lacey? I'm not going to sit here and tell you I expected it, or right off the bat, I was like, okay, that that's a great pick. Definitely should have passed on Lacey. Because, to be honest, I don't think any of us did as much research on Max Meyer as we may have done on Asa Lacey, given the fact that we were pretty positive that Asa Lacey would be the pick. As draft day got closer, I had a couple people that were in that realm, especially the scouting realm, say, look for Max Meyer to shoot up. And I've heard Max Meyer is getting some looks from the Marlins for a potential underslot. Again, you know, you heard those things with the Orioles. They ended up doing it too. But how often do we hear things? It's it's a lot of smoke and mirrors. And, you know, in this case, it wasn't. And I probably would have taken it to the bank that Asa Lacey was the pick for the Marlins. So you had that shock factor, right? And initially, a lot of people were a little bit upset with the selection. And like I said, it's understandable. You don't know as much about Max Meyer. And you see it on the outside. You pass on the six foot four left-handed pitcher for a six foot right-handed pitcher. How does that make any sense? But when you dive into it more, 
it actually does make sense and you can understand what the Marlins saw in Max Meyer. And when you consider the fact that the Marlins probably had Dax Fulton on their shortlist, they figured we can pass on Lacey, get an electric right-handed arm, and then get a high-ceiling left-handed arm in the second round rather than going full-price Asa Lacey and then seeing what's there outside of Dax Fulton with the second selection. So it was a two-pick strategy there for sure, and it is a testament to how high they are on Meyer and how high they are on Dax Fulton. Those two together outweighed Asa Lacey, and that has nothing to do with Asa Lacey not being as good as we thought he was or anything like that. And when you really look at Max Meyer, you know, it, it's hard to get excited about a guy on the outside when he's a right-hander that's six feet tall. But the Marlins have made it clear, height does not matter if you are athletic. And you see Edward Cabrera, you see Sixto Sanchez, you see some of these guys that are just electric and they are not the biggest, most imposing figures, but it doesn't matter. And that's something that we've seen a lot in the game now with smaller pitchers that are able to generate a lot of leverage, a lot of torque, and have great stuff. And those are the guys that have to learn how to pitch more too. Those are the guys that have to maximize their bodies, the guys that have to do every little thing right. And that's why Max Meyer is so polished. Asa Lacey is very polished too, but this is a difference in terms of the, the improvement that Meyer has continued to make because of him filling out, him learning how to pitch with his body and making the most of his not very imposing frame. You'll see if you look at his mechanics, he gets a ton of push off off of the rubber and he releases the ball about as far as anybody his size could possibly go in terms of getting closer to home plate. And now let's talk about his arsenal. This is the only player in the draft that had two 70 grade offerings. That is almost impossible to find, right? If this guy is six foot four, we're talking about the unanimous number one, number two pick, depending on if the number one team being the Tigers wanted to go pitching or hitting. Obviously, they have a surplus of pitching. But I'm just talking about the fact that he would be the best pitcher in the draft. It's just some teams really consider things like size. Everybody weighs different things more than other teams, and that's what makes the world go round, and that's what makes organizations have an edge over others and, and vice versa. 270 grade offerings being the fastball and the slider. The fastball 95 to 98, topping at 100. The slider 92 to 93, and it's the best slider in the draft. I I said that before I even knew the Marlins were taking Max Meyer when I did my draft superlatives. That was one of the easiest decisions for me to make was Max Meyer best slider. That one I knew for sure after everything I'd seen from him. This is a guy that has continued that upward trend, which was something that DJ Savillic said the Marlins were looking at for sure. You do not want a guy that you know is already nearing his ceiling. And the other thing that he hit on with his more applicable to the later picks was, I don't want a guaranteed five starter. Sure, the high floor is great, but when you're looking at some early picks and at the state of the Marlins rebuild right now, you got to take some chances, right? And I'm not, I think Max Meyer is actually a very safe pick for a lot of reasons that I'll get into. But just in general, when you look at Kyle Nicholas and you look at McCambly and those other guys, you have to go after guys that have the stuff to potentially be an ace rather than having some prospects like, you know, I love Nick Neidert, but 
you know that Nick Knighter could never be an ace just because his stuff won't allow it. He's got the high floor. You know he's a big league pitcher, but that's not what you go for in a shortened draft with five rounds. The Marlins clearly showed that strategy going all the way through, just high leverage, high ability arms that you know are a little bit more volatile. Meyer, on the other hand, with the fastball slider mix, he is a guaranteed bullpen arm at the very, very worst. And that's not to say that he has bullpen volatility or reliever risk, because frankly, I think anybody who says Max Meyer has reliever risk is not looking at the progression that he's made. If you think that he has reliever risk because he started his college career as a reliever, your reasoning is pretty flawed because this is a guy that has continued to improve to become a starting pitcher, right? He was not ready to be a starting pitcher at the beginning of college, and he developed and became a more than capable starting pitcher and actually one of the best starting pitchers in the country, evidently. The reason why I say worst case scenario, he's a bullpen arm, is right now with his fastball and slider, he could slot straight into a major league bullpen. It sounds ridiculous, but that's something that Chris Sale did, and it's something that we've seen a few times. Brandon Finnegan did it, not that that's a great name drop given where his career trended, but this is something that is remarkable about Max Meyer. Just the fastball slider mix right now, if he never improved on any of his pitches, the changeup is pretty good. It looks like it can be an above-average pitch that rolls around in the low, low 80s. Right now, Worst case scenario, he doesn't improve one bit, which is almost impossible. You're looking at a reliever. But we know he's going to continue to improve, and he is the type of guy that has the energy on the mound. He's a great athlete. He uses his body, and that's why I am really excited to see how he will continue to develop under the microscope of the Marlins' overhauled player development system. Two words or two descriptions I was given by a couple players who faced him and even a play-by-play announcer for an opposing team. Three different people used the word electric to describe Max Meyer. And if you look at some of the clips of him throwing, you can understand it. He just exudes that confidence and energy on the mound. And you can just see how good of an athlete he is by how springy he is on the mound or on the base paths, or making a play off of the mound. This is a really good athlete, a two-way player, who was a pretty darn good hitter too. So we'll see what he can do at the plate while we still don't have a DH in the NL. But what impresses me the most about Meyer is how much he has improved from the day he stepped foot on campus in Minnesota. Even though he was already a really good pitcher at the time, he was exclusively used as a reliever and was one of the best closers in the country as a freshman. And I'll talk about how he went from one of the best closers in the country to progressing into one of the best starters in the country. But first, let me tell you about how you can save money repairing your car. Yep, that's with rockauto.com, a family business. And a business that's much cheaper to repair your car than any other company you're going to find. The chain stores have different prices for professional mechanics and the do-it-yourselfers. And don't get me started with the dealerships. I own an old Jeep. When I take it to the dealership, I'm getting nickel and dimed. I'm paying a premium for parts that I could buy on rockauto.com for 30 40% off what most of the prices are for what the dealerships are charging me. And Rock Auto is not limited with their part selection. They have everything from engine control modules to brake parts to tail lamps, motor oil, even a new carpet. 
Everything is on the website. It's super easy to navigate and you'll be able to find your car, the make and the specific part for your version of whatever car you drive and you'll see you can compare the prices to anywhere else nobody beats rockauto.com so head over there and write locked on in their how did you hear about us box so they know we sent you amazing selection reliably low prices all the parts your car will ever need rockauto.com if you're always on the run like i am sometimes it's hard to fit meals into your day and into your schedule for me that's always the case and a huge help for me has been built bars i always keep a couple on me whether it's in my bag even in my pocket sometimes i gotta be honest and it is the best substitute for a meal when i'm on the run there's 16 different flavors so you don't get tired of them eight chocolate and nut flavors eight chocolate and nut free flavors there's bars covered in 100 chocolate they're soft they're easy to chew it goes on and on and they're really just quality bars that are healthy. It's really hard to find a protein bar that tastes good and is also healthy, but you get 20 grams of protein out of it, 170 calories, only three grams of sugar, and it's a low calorie, low sugar, high protein, high fiber, quick meal that can get you through the day. Obviously, I'm not saying live on built bars, but when I have to go and I'm hungry, it does the job. Even when I need a snack, Built Bar is my go-to because it tastes like a candy bar. I find myself checking the ingredients over and over again. I almost can't believe that there is so little sugar and it is so healthy for how good it tastes. Go to BuiltBar.com and use the promo code Locked On. That's one word, Locked On, and you'll get $10 off your first order. They'll ship it straight to your door. That's BuiltBar.com, promo code Locked On for $10 off your order, and let me know what you think. So back to Max Meyer. The progression from closer or reliever to starter is not one we haven't seen before, but Max Meyer's path was a pretty unique one because typically a guy is a reliever because he doesn't necessarily have the arsenal or the ability to be stretched out as a starter. For Meyer, the stuff was always there from the day he stepped foot on campus because this was a guy that was one of the best closers in the nation, tied the school record with 16 saves in his freshman season and goes on to relieve for Team USA that summer as a freshman, which is not very common. And he was great on Team USA as a reliever as well, led Team USA with seven saves in the summer, 15 strikeouts, and eight innings pitched. That's as a freshman. So at at this point, Minnesota knows they have something special. And he comes back for his sophomore season, excuse me, And he starts as a reliever the first couple outings. They decide to ease him into a starting opportunity, and Max Meyer seizes it. He made five appearances out of the bullpen before making 11 starts, and overall, 5-3, a 2-11 ERA, in 76 and two-thirds innings, 87 strikeouts, only 20 walks. So the command did not break down, and the stamina was not an issue for him either. He was going deep into ballgames, something I will get into later too. Despite his energy on the mound, he has very repeatable mechanics. He does not have any trouble repeating his delivery and making the most out of his delivery. That was something that Minnesota coaches quickly learned as he continued to make quality start after quality start. When he finishes the season out with that incredible stat line that I had just read to you, He becomes a starter for Team USA now, and that was 
a really defining moment for him too. He makes three starts, including a lights out start, four innings of no runs against Cuba and finishes 13 innings pitched over that summer, making three starts, the game one starter of all three series and had a 0.69 ERA, struck out 10 in 13 innings. That was one of the best, if not the best stat line on Team USA. Now, there's no disputing at this point, Max Meyer is a starter for his junior season. He starts his junior season, of course, only making four starts because of the shortened spring, but he came out this year as good as ever and continued to show why he is somebody you can bet on continuing to improve. The stock just shot through the roof after he put up quality start after quality start to start this season. And the last two starts, I tweeted this earlier, it's incredible how good Max Myers' numbers were in the final two starts of this season. And this wasn't against two garbage teams. The the first game that I'm going to read you is against UNC. Yes, North Carolina. Nine innings pitched, that's a complete game. Five hits, one earned run, 14 Ks and one walk. The next start was against Utah. Utah is not a powerhouse by any means, but still a Division I Pac-12 school. Eight innings, four hits, no runs, 15 Ks. 15 Ks, two walks. So in those 17 innings, only three walks. 29 strikeouts, one earned run, and nine hits. That was his final two starts to his college career. I mean, what else do you need to see from this guy? Those are numbers that not even Asa Lacey put up more than once. And that's, again, not to slight Asa Lacey, but this is a guy that you're going to question if he's a starter? Come on. This guy is a starter through and through. He averaged six and two-thirds innings pitched per start he made in college. That's would be one of the best rates in all of college baseball if you scaled it out. And a big factor in him being more durable and able to go deeper into games, he put 20 pounds on between his freshman year and his junior year, where he was six foot 165 when he stepped foot on college campus. Now he's six foot 185, only 21 years old. And this is somebody that you can see what the Marlins saw in him now that you do more research, now that you have people like me talking at you for 20 minutes about his background. Of course, there's going to be a little bit of nervousness around, you know, can he stay healthy with his arm? You know, a six foot guy throwing 100 miles an hour. That's always a little bit unsettling, but there's no reason to think that he can't stay healthy. He has not had arm issues that I know of. And the fastball has just continued to pick up in velocity. The command, with two 70-grade pitches, to have the command that he has to only have a handful of walks in the four starts that he made this year and only 20 walks and 76 and two-thirds innings, something that you know will continue to improve as he refines his mechanics even more so, even though they're already very solid. I mean, even if Max Meyer was not your preferred pick for the Marlins at number three. How do you not get excited about what this kid can do for this organization, especially now that you look more into what he is capable of and what he already has in his arsenal? You heard so many times throughout the draft yesterday and the day before, people saying, you can dream on this kid's stuff. You can dream on this, that in terms of what this kid can project to be. 
There's nothing to dream on with Max Meyer. He already has the 270 grade offerings. There's not much to dream on. You you are seeing it in front of you. Maybe you can dream on him becoming a perennial ace, but he is already looking like a fantastic, projectable, polished pitcher. This isn't the type of guy where even like a Kyle Nicholas, you can dream on Kyle Nicholas. That is a 70-grade fastball, one of the best sliders in the country, but a guy who has struggled mightily with command, who has not gone deep into games, does not repeat his mechanics very well. I'll get into Kyle Nicholas later. I'm a huge Kyle Nicholas fan. This isn't to slight him, but those are the types of guys you quote-unquote dream on. Max Meyer, there's not much to dream on beyond him becoming a Cy Young winner because you are looking at the stuff already. You are looking at the ace potential and really it's just about staying healthy and refining that third pitch the changeup, which sits in the low 80s if he adds that third pitch that's pretty much the only question right now is can he continue to make that change up better to where it sits right around the above average range it doesn't even need to be great when you got a fastball in the upper 90s and a deceptive delivery the changeup just has to be all right it's all about changing speeds especially with the slider that he has he just needs that third pitch that I'm sure he will be able to develop when you look at the continued improvement that he's made. And these numbers are just incredible. He did go deep into games quite often, which is a good thing, though it is a bad thing when you consider how many miles he put on his arm. But he didn't play summer ball. He only played with Team USA, which is a limited number of innings you're going to throw, just you know in the teens usually, where you'll see pitchers in the Cape throwing 30, 40, 50 innings. So that's a plus. And now with the minor league season all but canceled, that's another opportunity for Meyer to just get healthy, rest, and be geared up for the next pro season. Same thing applies to Dax Fulton, who's coming back from Tommy John surgery, who DJ Savillic said it's a perfect scenario for him. We get to jump into his rehab treatment and give him the best possible treatment at his disposal, which he wouldn't have had if he went to college. Not that college doesn't have good treatment and good PT and everything there, but you can't compare college to the major leagues. So now Dax Fulton has all of the best resources at his disposal. He's going to continue to get better. And Max Meyer, looking at how much he got better from Team USA and from Minnesota, you can imagine how much the Marlins might be able to unlock. And maybe that's the part that you can dream on is how much more can the Marlins unlock. But in terms of Max Meyer, the prospect, you can see it right now. You go Google him, look it up on YouTube. That's all you need to do to understand what the Marlins saw in him to take him at number three and even save some money with the underslot. I'll talk more about the overall draft strategy in tomorrow's episode as I get deep into former Katuit Ketelier's Zach McCambly and Kyle Nicholas among Dax Fulton and also Kyle Hurt. I did not forget about you either, Kyle Hurt. We'll get into you too. A bunch of power arms all selected in this year's draft. Marlins go six pitchers. I am excited to talk about the remaining five on tomorrow's show. Hope you enjoyed. I will be doing a lot more Max Meyer discussion in the future, and this is going to be a lot of fun looking forward to these prospects making their professional debut whenever that may be. Hope you guys enjoyed the draft. Hope you guys enjoyed part one of this draft recap, and I will talk to you guys tomorrow.